Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, it's time for this week's Wrestling Perspective podcast on WrestlingInc.com where you find all the news, not rumors, Nobody hates taking a rumor to your buddies and talk about it and find out it's just something stupid. Ain't that right, Petey Williams? How's she going, eh? Hey, listen, this podcast is fresh off the hills of Hell in a Cell, where one person on this podcast went 7-0. and 7-0. Oh. Oh. Okay, is that what we're going to do today? We're just going to brag? What? Me brag? No, listen. I just wanted to throw the 7 and 0 out. It's real. Stay woke. The eight, All right. The age of feral is upon you now. You will now live under my pred- prediction thumb. You know what? What? Is this called cutting a promo on you? Let's be honest. I mean um I I think so. I mean Sweet. I, I maybe I should go back and check all the scores and stuff like that. Go ahead, go fact check. I, I, I mean, and then maybe I can gloat, or I don't know, maybe I can gloat about like my two-time X division title reign and stuff like that. Oh, or just oh, gloat oh. about other stuff, you know. No one likes someone that lives in Anyways, the past. Anyways, but I'm too. <laughs> Let's move on with, the, with, with what, we, what we need to talk about here, all right? I, I had to do that. Listen, I had a horrible uh, proje- projection rate last uh, pay-per-view, so it's a nice little bounce back. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, you do what you got to do, man. And I did it, and I feel good and accomplished. A busy podcast to get at. We got tons of fan questions, Petey. But let's talk about some news that's just hitting the circuits as we're recording this podcast. Have you heard the news about Neville? Uh, yeah. I mean, which is, I mean, I don't know if it's shocking. I mean, Neville's such a, he's such a perfection of his craft. Mm -hmm. I remember working him, like, I think all his stuff is, like, so crisp and good. And he'll get down on himself. I, I don't know if he's still like this. But he'll get down on himself, like, when he's, like, yeah, I took a stutter step. Like, just, like, a, a very, like, minuscule, like, fraction, missed time or whatever that the regular person wouldn't even know. Or or I didn't even notice or anything like that. But since it wasn't perfect to him, it wasn't perfect, you know? So I don't know if this is, like, maybe he doesn't like his spot in WWE or uh, how he's portrayed or anything. And maybe he's thinking that grasses great work in the indies and you know uh, being in business for himself like you know just worrying about his own bookings and stuff so um this is very interesting news uh i don't know how much people in wwe make i don't look up and i'm sure it's common knowledge you can look out on the internet and find out how much neville makes and i'm not sure how much neville now would make on the indies but in your opinion would neville make more staying in the wwe or now moving on to the Indies after what we would call probably many MVP months of carrying, you know, the 205 Live brand, if not raw at, at certain times? Um, I don't know if he'll – see, that's a good question, if he'll make more or not. It's a crapshoot because some guys, they'll come off of uh, WWE TV, and they were like, you know, mid-card or whatever they were. Maybe they were lower card, and then they make – a name for themselves a huge one in the indies and they're they're making a lot of money which is like cash and stuff like that which you know let's be honest even if you're like a a waiter at an applebee's or something like that you're not claiming all your tips in cash you're claiming what you need to claim for taxes so i mean you're, you're making more money in that aspect um you're not getting like screwed over on taxes and everything like that um, you look at drew mcintyre he did the same thing made a huge name for himself in the indies came back to wwe uh, Cody Rhodes is doing that. A, a lot of guys are doing that. Then others, I mean, let's take a look at. Uh, I, I mean, let's take a look at Ryback for example. 
I mean, I know he's doing indies and stuff, but is he making a bigger name for himself on the indies? I don't, I don't think so. I think guys like Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre were. Like Cody Rhodes and uh, oh, who was the Nebraska, you know, All American? They were trying to make him out to be the next Kurt Angle in WWE. Oh, why am I uh, why am I blanking on his name? I don't know. We the people. not Jack Swagger. Yes, Jack Swagger. Well, you look at this. I don't think Jack Swagger is making a huge name for himself on the Indies, but I think, in my opinion, the people that are making a big name for themselves on the Indies are people that reinvented themselves, not taking that old gimmick back out onto the road and sticking with it. Yeah, it, it, exactly. That's what you have to do. You got to kind of reinvent yourself because. Um, I mean, that's what you got to do. So Neville, uh, I, I think he'll be totally fine on the Indies if that's what he did, if he walked out. Um, you know, he can go back to England if you wanted to. He has more options now because he's probably made a, a nice chunk of change in WWE. Well, um, I think he'll be totally fine. Now, this is the setup to my question to you is, um, A, how unprofessional at this is this? I mean, I, I'm putting you on the spot with that. How unprofessional is this? And have you ever seen something like this in person? I mean, I don't know. I, I've kind of seen it sort of. I'll tell you about that in a second. But I don't know, what, like, all the circumstances behind it. If he pulled one of the office guys aside and said, hey, listen, can I talk to you? Uh, I'm not happy, whatever, whatever. I don't know if they left on good tar terms. The uh, the feedback we're getting from what we're reading on the internet is that he walked out on Raw. He walked out before Raw. I mean, I don't see him doing that, like storming off or whatever. I, I could see somebody like a CM Punk doing that, um, but I, I just don't see Neville doing that. Um, I'll give you an example. One of the most recent things I saw um, at the last set of Impact tapings, uh, I think it was low-key his contract was up. And before they wrote him into storylines for Bound for Glory, they kind of pulled him aside. And I don't know what happened in the conversation, but they were kind of like, hey, you know, your contract's up. Let's talk about this. And they left on good terms. That's all I know. Okay, I don't know what happened in that conversation, but low-key, he, he didn't storm off. Um, I just, uh, I asked, I said, is low-key in our match still? Because I was supposed to be wrestling him. And they said, no, he's not. This person's in there instead. I said, okay. And then I see Loki saying goodbye to people. And uh, so I said goodbye to him. We had our little, you know, heart to heart that we that we had. And then that was it. So I, even though he walked out, he, he wasn't contractually obligated to stay. Um, and it, I feel like it was on good terms because he didn't just storm out or whatever. He said goodbye to all the boys. They and, gave him plenty of time. They gave him plenty of time back there to do what he needed to do. Yeah. I'm guessing bad terms, they would have had somebody with them to grab his bag and walk him right out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it was like, you know, you would need to leave now, there would have probably been security and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know what happened. We just know that he left. I know that the internet likes to make things sound worse than what it really is. So they'll say he walked out or whatever when it didn't necessarily have to be like that. Okay. We don't know. That That's that's interesting. Uh, we did have a question about how uh, people, people would, if this was a smart move for him or not. Uh, a couple other questions I want to throw out there. Uh, AJ wants to know, Jinder Mahal's next feud, where do you think you see this going? Now, if you ask uh, the Sharpshooter Steve blog, he he believes that Ginger's gonna loop drop the belt soon, and it's gonna be like Nakamura and AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I'm really enjoying what I feel like is throwback wrestling back in the day, where you have one champion that lasts almost a year, and I'm really enjoying this Ginger Mahal run. It's it's a little lame at times, and I'm not sure I'm happy, but I like the fact that they're keeping the belt on somebody for a while, and I hope Ginger goes into WrestleMania as a champion just to kind of keep that trend going. Um, see, when I initially... So I, I like that Jinder's champion. Remember when they did that with CM Punk where he, he was like over a year champion, like longest reigning champion of 
modern wrestling time. Uh, so I like that he's champion. When we were making our predictions for the pay-per-view, I was like, oh, you know, I could see Nakamura winning, and I could see, like, Nakamura going face age. I was thinking of all these things without Jinder. But then I'm like, wait, if Jinder loses the title, where does he go from here? I mean, I, I don't think he has enough drawing power right now, and I don't think they built him up enough to run as, like, a like a viable contender without the title. You know what I mean? Like, can, can he carry himself in a, a marquee match without the title? I don't think they built him up like that yet. So I feel that they, they got to keep the title on him, you know, to just to make him a bigger star and stuff like that. And even though AJ lost to Baron Corbin clean at SmackDown, I could see AJ doing something with uh, with Jinder next. I, w- I would like to see that. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I think sorry, a, I think AJ's going to be the next step for Jinder. Uh, he drops the belt. He loses his rematch. It's the, but I also feel like you could it, you could make Jinder's title reign two or three more months long easy with having him starting to win clean and proving himself as a real champion. Yeah, and I mean, I see AJ. No, no matter what. And I think I said this at last podcast, AJ and Jinder, that'll be Jinder's best match ever. Like, AJ will pull a great match out of him. It doesn't matter. It's it's going to happen. Um, so, and, and I know a lot of people think that Nakamura lost clean at the pay-per-view. He didn't. I mean, it wasn't really a clean loss. I mean, the, the Singh brothers got, you know, in interfered so many times and they got booted out and then he was kind of distracted and yeah they got back on but still i mean he had him beat in the middle of the ring with his finishing move while the ref was booting out his brother so yeah that's i don't look at that as a clean win I, i'm with you rick wants to know how much lamer can bray wyatt's shtick get i'm with you i think this was a bad decision to do this with the sister abigail i i love the fact it was a mystery you could have kept the gig going forever and now with revealing the puppet behind the curtain i i think you have thrown a, you you have hammered a nail in the coffin of what is bray wyatt whatever run he was having good bad or indifferent i i was i'm disappointed by the sister abigail okay explain it to me because i missed that segment it, on the show so what they do it basically was like this weird fuzz and all of a sudden, it's Bray Wyatt with like a veil over his face and some makeup and and like exactly a, what we said it was. Gonna yeah, be, right? a voice distorter okay. shorter that uh, it was it was stupid. It was lame, and I really think you could have done so much more without doing anything with the sister Abigail. Um, I mean, the good news is, uh, th- they're probably gonna run with it. Um. They'll, they'll have a match, and then they can be like, okay, Sister Abigail's done, I guess, and just not refer to it, and then maybe take Bray off TV for a month, get him back on track, and then have him come back. The good news is um, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper are forming a tag team again. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can, you know, which I'm excited for, because I think uh, singly, I think they look like, like single competitors, like, you know, they're not going to be, I, I don't think anything exciting. As a tag team, I think they're great as a tag team. Yeah, but they're Vikings or something now, right? No, I th- I, I think they're going to be like kind of uh, like LARPers. Do you know what that LARPers. is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, live action role playing. Yeah, um, I don't think they're going to be LARPers. I think they're going to be just like kind of like their gimmick, like they were before. It just like with a different spin on it. Yeah, like the one had like a wooden hammer axe or something. Come on. Yeah. They would they look stupid. Well, you know, I, like I I think of like I don't know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something like that they're going for. I, I don't know. You bring the Wyatt family back. Yeah, that's what they need to do. And I think I said this last podcast too. That's how you reinvent Bray. Put him put him in that Wyatt family again. Have him start over again, especially, you know, they got the Mistourage and they got um, the shield back and stuff, which I'm sure we'll get to. We're getting uh, to next. You know, maybe the Bullet Club is going to start up. Maybe, maybe we're going back to those days in the late '90s, early 2000s when stables were a big thing. 
I mean, that's when wrestling was hot, so why not go back to that? Uh, Dustin wants to know, before we move on and talk about the shield, uh, asking for a friend, what are ring ropes made out of? Uh, it depends. Like, WWE's ring ropes are made of rope. Like, rope. I, I don't know how to explain rope. Like, it's a rope. Um, other rings, like... Uh, uh, are made of cables. Okay. They're actually cables, and then they have tape around them and stuff like that. Um, I mean, they they hurt. Um, I know the ropes that I trained on, they were cables and then wrapped in tape, and, you know, you'll feel it on your back the first time you hit them and stuff. See, I've, I've yet to do that. I might ask you as a birthday present, turning 40, you should you should somehow get me in the ring because the – We'll we'll get to the closest I've ever been to the ring here in a minute because we've, oh, yeah. we've got some good well, stories for you guys. Well, let me tell you, um, if you do come to the me uh, come to the show with me the day before your birthday, that ring is a horrible ring. I wouldn't even let you run the ropes because like there's holes in the ring and stuff like. But and that's Hole? one thing. I mean, holes in the ring. Yeah, yeah, like like. <laughs> the padding doesn't like match up and stuff like that um you know and when we feel out the ring if there's other people in the ring i'll be like hey there's a little over here watch out you know because i don't want anybody getting hurt um yeah there's some really bad rings out there uh but there's also some really good rings so oh well, that's we'll, fyi we'll get to we'll get to the indie show shenanigans here in a minute let's talk about the shield real quick uh listen i will admit that there are periods in everybody's life where you check out a wrestling. You just get too busy with life and you check out. So I checked out and missed the Shield's first run together. I've, you know, since gone back and caught up and watched things. But I have I don't know the excitement of the Shield until now. I saw the breakup. I started coming back around the end of the Shield and the breakup. So... This new Shield run, I'm a little excited for it because it's my first run. You absolutely hate it. No, 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 no not absolutely hate it. I, I just hate it. Um, and, and here's why. Um, short term, it's great. Like, I watch this segment. It's gr I love when fans uh, get excited about things. A as a professional wrestler, I like seeing that because when you can genuinely get the fans up, out of their chair, on their feet, and cheer. That's something special. So I'm excited for that whole segment, everything they're doing. That's great. That That's television. They, they put on some good television right there. Okay, that's what I like about it. What I don't like about it is I know why they're doing it. They're doing it to try to elevate Roman Reigns and get him cheered. It worked. Now, that's what I feel. Yeah, and it, it worked. However, how long is this going to last for? Is he going to carry around Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins the entire time? So that he gets cheered, because eventually, you know, he's he's got to break off. Unless you keep the shield with him forever, if that's the case, then he's fine. He'll get cheered. But as soon as you break him off, the same thing's gonna happen. This is just a band aid on a like a like a a cut that's so deep. As soon as they break him off again, or do whatever, even if it's not a big breakup, they kind of like you know a little teeter over here and like I'll drift off over there and all that kind of stuff. They're going to start booing him again. Here, Here's the thing. It seems like when you and I talk about something, it pops up on TV. Um, and I'm sure that either we're just thinking along the same lines and they're probably not listening going, all right, Dennis and Petey said this. And if they are, thank you guys so much. It, it's really cool. <laughs> That's not happening. It's, no. But, actually, it is happening. It's 100% happening that way. Right. But now if, if – I'm if I'm doing the shield and listen closely, this is how you do it. This is how you make it work without ruining it. You let them run together for months and then you just slowly without breaking them up, each have a different storyline, but come back once or twice a month together. You know, you, you, you let them still be a group, but do independent things. Almost a la DX. How many times did DX or the NWO back in the day, all have separate storylines, but you know, uh, during one promo a month or whenever, they're all back in the ring, kind of doing a group thing to reaffirm that they're a group, and that's what you need to do with the shield. And you can keep this going for a while that way, yeah. I no, I agree with that. That's why I said 
they're going to have to um, – Roman's going to have to have Seth and Dean with him almost all the time. So what's interesting, you know, at Raw, Roman was always with the Shield for the rest – for the whole show. Like anything that he was doing that needed that babyface reaction, they were all out there together. So it's going to be interesting if they send him out there in a singles match alone to see how the fans react to him. That will be the test right there. And oh, um, he'll he'll get if over. Not, it. you have to have him by ringside or something. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see. There's some more good, intriguing TV that I want to see because I want to see how they react um, to Roman Reigns. And I, I've told you this before. My, my biggest thing about watching wrestling is to see how the fans react. Like, it, it's always interesting to me to see who they boo, who they cheer, what gets over, what doesn't. So it's interesting to me right now that Roman's getting cheered in this storyline. This is the most intriguing thing to me right now. I, I He'll get over. I guarantee it when he comes out alone. Now, here's a few tweaks I'm also going to make is, I don't want to see the shield come through the crowd anymore. This is a different version of the shield, a different time. I, I like the same elements of the numbers game and stuff like that and have them surround the ring. You can absolutely do that. But from here on out, don't make them all wear vests. You don't let them all wear that crazy, you know, mask that they wore at times. You just let them be the shield or what we've seen the last couple showings of them together, but come out as a team. Yeah, no, I agree. And my next question is, you think they should have a new Shield music? That's that's tough. I would like to see something different because, listen, I don't remember what the old Shield music is. This is me it being is, honest. It's Roman Reigns' music. Then, yes. Roman Reigns that, kept the Shield music. That's what I was going to say was, I, you know, my complaint about Roman was he did not change enough out of that gimmick as – Dean and Seth did. They, I mean, Dean and Seth totally reinvented themselves. Roman didn't. I think that was part of his problem. Now that they're back together, it doesn't have to be Roman's music, and I hope they come up with something different. Yeah, I don't know if they will just because that music's so over, but it just before it gets played in arenas, uh, everybody boos. So, I mean, it'd be nice if they have something new. And then that way they knew they were all coming out together and they get the, the big cheers. So um, this is interesting stuff. Yeah, but the reason why I did hate it is because, like I said, I think it was a short-term solution to a long-term problem. And, you know, we'll see if I'm right or not. See, I kind of think the opposite where this injects some life into that roster. We complain that there are a lack of stables. In many podcasts we've talked about, we talk about the lack of it. And that was the backbone of the Attitude Era. We get a stable. We we get a stable coming back. And I'm happy if this is going to be the linchpin of a new era. I That's what I hope. I mean, the best thing to come out of it, if that's what they're going towards, is like the era of stables again. I always thought stables were so cool. Even when I was in, you know, TNN Impact or I, back when I was in it, there was a lot of stables going on. Um, I like that. Sometimes they oversaturated the stables because it seemed like a stable was there for like, I don't know, three or four, maybe six months, and then you break them up, and then a new stable would start. And all. I, I mean, get a stable going, let them run for a while, and all against each other and stuff like that. And, and the one thing I didn't like about Impact was they just had like, it usually was like two main stables. They would create a babyface stable, and then a heel stable, and then they would go at it until the storyline was done. Um, Back in the Attitude Era, I liked that they had, like, so many stables. Like, they had, I don't know, like, the Nation, DX, and... Uh, the Union. Yeah, like, the Union, the Truth Commission, the, right. uh, the Disciples, the everything. Even Savio Vega's group, I don't know what they were called, but... Um, yeah, it seemed like everybody had a group, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm so okay. they do something like that again. I'm okay if they go there. I don't think there was really anything else that we can elaborate on. Hell in a Cell was a good pay-per-view. Not great, but good. Uh, I hated SmackDown with the tag teams. Did you did you get catch how that SmackDown started? Um, it was it like, oh, we're making a truce kind of deal. Yeah. How stupid is that, yeah. by the way? You, yeah. I, I, 
there's obviously a reason for it. I don't know what it is because what are you doing now? Turning Usos baby? I think Usos ever since I thought at the end of their baby run, like I was like, these guys, man, they gotta do something with him. And when they came back as heels, man, they I thought they were so cool because, you know, it, it's probably how they really are. They probably didn't like go around and dance and right, you know, be all Samoan and stuff like that. They're probably just like, you know, thugs, you know, kind of. And that 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 was cool to me. And I, I thought they played their gimmick great and I they became one of the best tag teams in WWE. So um, I hope they don't turn baby again. Here's here's what I hated about this, and I don't remember who said this, but I've look. It's no secret I badger you about being your manager on the indies because I think it's cool and fun, and part of it's for the podcast fun. But I was yep. listening to an interview with, and I and I want to say it was like Bobby the Brain Heaton, and he said you never badmouth your opponent because if you lose to him, it makes you look bad. If you if you belittle him and downgrade him, you always try to build him up. So it makes you look better if you lose. This promo that the Usos delivered, they buried the whole tag team division. They buried the hatchet with what could have been the best part of the tag team division. Uh, New Day disappears. And then we get a six tag team, four man, whatever it was, to see who faces the Usos. And to me, it just didn't seem exciting it was lame and i felt like you know maybe you throw new day into that match or or something but it just didn't make sense that the new day you know were the champs lost the chance and then took a truce and just disappeared yeah i don't know what they're doing with the new days uh storyline and stuff like that um you're, you're you're right about what bobby heenan said you never want to uh you never want to cut a promo on your uh, opponent saying, like, who are you? you? You can't beat anybody. You never want to make them seem like you can beat them no problem. Because then, then who did you beat? You right. beat nobody. You beat somebody that you said you were going to beat no problem. So, yeah, you do want to build up your opponents. However, if Uso say something like this, we're the best in the tag division, the rest of the tag division are nothing, just us in the new day are awesome, right? So in that way, when uh, Benjamin and Gable won, they cannot be taking them seriously because, you know, oh, these guys are nothing. And then non-title match, they get a quick win on them, and then they're like, oh, man, these guys are the real deal or something like that. That's the only time you would want to, like, not take your opponent seriously. You're setting it up for, like, a surprise win. And you, since you didn't take them seriously, you're like, oh, crap. You know, I, I, we should have took them seriously. We got too cocky. That, that's the only time you would want to do that. But All right. Let, yeah. Let's talk about this past indie show that I accompanied you with. XICW was at Kobo Hall. I, and I tell you, I I liked having that venue there. It it really felt... I've been to a, several indie shows with you. Um, I thought the one in was at Bay City was pretty cool with where it was and how it was laid out. It could have been better, though. Yeah. I, I didn't like the... It was a good setup, yeah. I didn't like the entrance ramp thing. But this yeah, Kobo yeah. Hall really felt like a wrestling venue it, it, from here on out. There was a lot of room for tables and merchandise. Uh, the, the It felt like a wrestling venue. And the, I don't even remember. the stands and stuff like yeah. that and the curtain. Yeah, it was really nice. It, it felt good. I got to actually hang out backstage, which was a first time for me with you. You know, I popped in, hung out, and then went outside while you got ready. But this is the first time I spent the majority of the show backstage. It was interesting. Um, I, I want to ask you about your match one thing. Uh, the match itself was entertaining, but I was lost a little bit because one of the participants in your match came out as a Jedi. And I didn't quite pick that up right away. It, it, how hard is it for a wrestler on an indie scene with a gimmick to get it over with a different crowd each week or each show that's going to be different and expect people to pick it up? Um, it's tough, especially when it's something that is – I mean, that's pretty outlandish. Like you're, you're a Jedi – you did Jedi mind tricks. I mean, that's hard to get over. I mean, I didn't understand what, what he was doing. Yeah, it, and that's what's tough. Um, like, for example, he he tried to do a Jedi mind trick when somebody had him in a chokehold, 
And, you know, half the crowd saw it because he was doing his hand motion. But then the other half, he had his back to him. So they they were just like, why do you let him go from that choke? Right. You know, so, I mean, it's almost like up to the guy holding uh, the one guy that does the Jedi mind tricks. He almost has to go all the way around so that everybody can see. You know, this isn't televised, so it's not like there's a camera pointed at you and you have commentators uh, commentating what's going on and stuff like that. It, it's, it's different working an indie show because you have to be able to tell the whole story right there from – as if nobody has ever seen you before but what you know he comes out um to the that that is it called the death march or something yeah and it was the like star wars death march yeah and look i and he had the i mean it's it's kind of tough to follow the i, I felt that the storyline was a, like a little bit too contrived for uh for, for the crowd that was there watching um they're there to yeah, me. I mean, I would have done things differently, but you know, it, it was what it was, man. And I, I think at the end of the match, the we gave the fans what they wanted to see, and they were happy with it. You know, the only thing I would have done different is maybe an in-ring interview where he does it once, and you got to see that if I swipe my hand this way, yeah, almost like a setup. There wasn't really a setup at all. It was a good, cl- clever match because. Listen, I, and I'll say this now. Um, there, there was some drama at the, at the beginning of the show between Cornette and Santino that we won't really get into because it's a lot of he said, she said stuff, and we, you and I, can't really add anything to it other than we saw it. It is what it is. Both guys are are in the wrong, in my opinion, but they're both trying to make it sound like it's the other guy's fault. I think they both were in the wrong. Now. With that being said, my next statement, you don't endorse, and neither does Wrestling Inc. I'm about to badmouth somebody, PD. Can can I do that? That's the one thing you and I kind of said. I, I When we started this podcast, I didn't want this to be like one of those dirt sheet or tell-all podcasts or interviews where we always badmouth somebody, but I want to badmouth somebody. Um, well, I mean, I don't know who you're going to badmouth. Uh, I don't necessarily have to agree with it but i mean go ahead I, i'm tell li- me how you feel buff bagwell oh <laughs> okay so so <laughs> go ahead so little backstory i was supposed to help buff build a website and he dra- he kept dragging his feet dragging his feet dragging his feet always an excuse and i was going to do it for free so it wasn't like i was asking for money and then finally i said well you know what go pound sand i'm moving on and it started with trying to get him as a guest. And he kept, you know, hey, uh, I'll be on soon. I'm going to do it. And he's doing all these other people's podcasts. While you're like, oh, I'll get you a password soon. My my ex-wife or girlfriend has it. And this, but it just a, a line of excuses. So here we are, and Buff Bagwell's here. And I, I don't know what happened, but we end up saying hi to each other. And... Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, brother. Yeah, we'll we'll work on this website thing. Don't worry, brother. We're gonna make a lot of money, brother. And I'm like, whatever. I don't want to. I just was trying to help you. You were a guy I used to watch. I enjoyed Buff Bagwell. Didn't love him, but enjoyed him. It, look, it, he's he's kind of. You know what, Petey? I'm gonna choose my words wisely here. But he's one of those guys that I kind of shake my head at. That that I feel like is stealing money from the indie circuit. If you know what I mean, you know, um, I mean, everybody's got to make a living. I mean, but that, let's that's be fine. honest. He's he's injured right now. You, you, you saw the, the big scar on his shoulder and stuff, right? Mm hmm. So, I mean, he knows. And I, I, I hope that he's forthcoming with a promoter that books. I'm like, hey, man, I can't really do anything in the ring. I mean, I can't even lift my shoulder. So it's up to the promoter to book him or not. So. If the promoter says, okay, yeah, we'll just use you like this and finagle, whatever, whatever, then it's on the promoter. I mean, I don't – We don't know. I don't feel like he's stealing money, <laughs> but we, we don't. We don't know if that happened or not, but he shows up. He can't. I, I would assume a professional would do that. Well, he shows up, can't wrestle, and he was in your match, and you guys kind of had to cover for him, which I think you guys did a great job, by the way, of you know teasing the tag in and someone else tags him in. I thought that was good. I thought that was great. Now, thank you. In the back, 
I'm sitting there hanging out with you. And it started with him coming over. He goes, hey, brother, I, I need your help for a second. And I look at Petey like, oh, man, I kind of feel important finally, you know, because I made the joke that I, I kind of feel like you're stooge. I said ring rat, then you corrected me and said you're a stooge because I just follow you around and I'm, I'm like your little buddy. And it's okay because I enjoy going to the shows and you enjoy having me. I'm not complaining about that. Exactly. But exactly. And I don't treat you like a stooge. Not a at all. You say something like this. Hey, Dennis, go grab me a coffee. Hey, Dennis, go. Right. I, I Do I ever do any of that to you? No. You make me feel yeah, like. friends. Yes. But I, what did Buff do to you? Yeah, he stooged me because I, I yeah. keep always saying, man, I wish I had more to do. This is really cool, and I, I enjoy being around. Now, Buff comes up and says, brother, I need your help. And now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. You know, a million things are running. You saw the smile on my face like, oh. Am I going to manage him? Am I gonna, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it's like Christmas yeah. and there's the biggest box and it has your name on it and I'm opening it and it's like carrots and vegetables. He's like, yeah. all right, uh, I'm going to go out there during intermission and take pictures. I need you on the other side of the ring to help people come out of the ring. Now, there's people that work there in security that would absolutely do that. He asks the one guy who's just there hanging out. It's it, to go do that. It, it. I felt like it would be the equivalent of him asking you to help do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is what it is. Uh, I tried to get you a different role. You on did the show. Do you remember? Yes. And when uh, Malcolm when I was talking to the promoter, I said, uh, you know, I, I asked about uh, Cornette and how that all came out and who left and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I said, what was Cornette going to do on the show? And he said he was going to be our GM for the evening. And I said, hey, man, I got you a new GM right here. And I point it to you. <laughs> um, I mean, it didn't turn out, but I mean, at least I'm trying to get you different roles. Here, in <laughs> all fairness to the booker named Malcolm, he didn't know me from a brick no. in the wall. He, I could have just been yeah. your buddy, Al, who follows you around. He didn't know that we are podcast partners and I've worked here and I've not shot, you know, so... I don't blame him for kind of looking at you like, hi, that's cute, PD, and walk away. Don't blame him yeah. one bit because I think either one of us would have done the same if PD the promoter came up to uh, Shane Douglas and Shane's like, hey, here's my buddy. He should be a, the GM on the show. And you go, that's nice, and you don't know who his buddy you is. You don't know if it's a joke or not. Yeah. You don't know if it's a joke. So I, I cannot say anything wrong about Malcolm doing that because I would have done the exact same thing. But yeah, back to Buff. And by the way, it, it, Buff would come over three or four times and ask me, you good? You're gonna, I'm going to make a lot of money off this. You, you good? You understand what you need to do? And a couple times I'm like, yeah, Buff, I'm helping people out of the ring so you can make a lot of money. And he'd walk away. And the, the one time he comes over and like, I don't know if he was reminiscing or felt like a philosopher for a second, but he's like, you know, you know, guys, that's how he said, you know, guys. I've been in this business, did he say 22 or 32 years? You know what? He, yeah, he started, I don't know, but he started talking about millions of dollars. And I'm like, oh, man, he's about to spew some heavy stuff right now out of right. his mouth. He, yeah. And then I don't remember where the punchline was, but I'm like, that, that, that lead-up didn't even make sense for whatever he said at the end. I remember it all. He's like, you know, I made, I, I don't. I made millions of dollars, and I made $20. And every time, the view is like this, and he's pointing to the, you know, the guys getting ready and – you know, it, it, a really cool scene. And I'm thinking, oh, he's reminiscing with us. Kind of cool. And he's like, but the one MF. And he said, the one MF thing that always happens. I set my chair up in the back all by myself. <laughs> That's what it was. I, remember now. Okay. I set my chair up in the back all by myself. And then all of a sudden, all these other guys, I have no clue, want to get dressed around me. That's oh, oh, – then he starts ranting about that for like, you know, 20 minutes. And we're looking at each other like that's that would have been kind of cool, you know. It's not like you're Buff Bagwell, the NWO member. You're 50-something-year-old Buff Bagwell with some big arms and kind of a gut. It's, you know, he just walks away. And as he walks away, I did something, PD, and it hit me at the spur of the moment. He's come up several times doesn't acknowledge you, doesn't look at you, doesn't even talk to you. 
and that's kind of a no-no in the locker room i'm i'm learning no matter how big you are you always try to say hi to 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 the people in the back who's on the show right now this is why you want to know why i didn't say hi to him because i stared him straight in the face and flashed my biggest smile to see if you would actually make eye contact with me nope um because i'm like I know he knows who I am because we've met each other several times, and he has done my Canadian Destroyer move several times. He well, he's starting times. he's so starting to see he's if he, he comes to me first, right? And he's starting he's starting to be one of the biggest perpetrators of stealing the Destroyer, and I, all every time everybody's like, "Oh, that's his amazing amazing Destroyer," a buff, like it, it, so he comes up, and I'm like. Hey, wait, wait. As he steps, he's stepping away. I go, wait, wait. Have you met my buddy Petey? And he turns around, shakes your hand. He's like, hey, hey, Petey. And then he goes, oh, wait a second. I know you. He's like, oh, man. Yeah, I know Petey, man. Uh, man, we know each other several times. Like, uh, yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah. He's like, just wearing a hat. I didn't recognize hi. him. Yeah. He's just wearing a hat. I didn't recognize him. That's what he said to you. He didn't. I don't think he said I didn't recognize him. Oh, no. no, no, yeah, because I had my hat on. Yes, he said. Yeah, yeah, you got your hat on, and I couldn't see your face. And I'm like, get out of here. Bull. So I get out there, and I'm helping people. And never once did he say thank you. Hey, you, you know, and not even at least the fake big time where he's like, hey, do you want an autographed picture or a picture with me for, for doing this for me? Not that I would have taken him up on the offer because I don't care. But not a thank you, not and here I am helping these people out of the ring, and I just felt so used, Petey. I felt, I felt dirty. Uh, I mean, that's you could have said no. I have to help Petey at intermission. You are right. You. you could have used any excuse. You didn't have to say yeah. You're right, but I almost felt like I was put on the spot. Does that make sense? Have, has anybody yep, ever put you on the spot like that where you're in the back and they're like, Petey, I need you to do me some a favor. Now, I know that you have no problems telling people no, but, you know, did you ever – someone ever ask you to do something? You're, you you know deep down in your heart you're like, ah, what am I thinking? But just the word yes comes out of your mouth even though deep down inside you just want to go no. Yeah, you know, I'm Canadian and I'm nice, so uh, I'm sure yeah. that's happened a lot. I remember uh, one time we were, I don't know, at a pay-per-view, and uh, I think I've loaned Rhino some money several times to buy bottles of liquor, saying he's going to pay me back, but it never happened. And he said, hey, I have to, uh, I think I was riding with him, and he had to get stitches at the ER or something <laughs> like that. And uh, he's like, hey, you know, can you give me 20 bucks for a cab? I don't have any cash. Uh, that way I could take it to the, to the ER. And I mean, am I going to say no? Like you already owe me 20 bucks from earlier. Like I'm like, okay. So I gave him 20 bucks. And I, I mean, I, I don't even think I've ever seen that money back again. So, I mean, I, I guess that's, that's what happens when you're a nice guy. You're right. Uh, I'm sorry for that i mean and i mean that's just one thing i could think of because it's money was involved in it um that i've lost so um yeah i mean i don't know i'm sure there's other instances that i don't remember that i've like kind of just forgot about you know and by the way as we wrap up this podcast there's and i wish I could remember where I saw this. So I'm not ripping off, but a little bit of trivia. But last night's cruiserweight lumberjack match was like the first one since like 1992 in WCW. Like the, uh, like a cruiserweight yes. lumberjack match? Yes. They probably never even had one in WWE before. I mean, that's probably a, like a it, it, first it was the the fir the first lumberjack match, and I'm trying to find where I saw this again, and so I could give it proper credit. But apparently, the first one was between crit or not the first one, but the last one from WW WCW, ECW, and WWE was way back when Chris Jericho was fighting Juventud Guerrero. 
man, that was probably like mid to late nineties, right? Uh, it it had to have been mid to early nineties. Yeah. But but that was yeah. the last cruiserweight lumberjack match. Jeez. Um, wow. I mean, um, okay. Now they could say it was you know uh, October or whatever ninth. 2017 mm-hmm. so i guess they have another 20 years before they do another one right yep um yeah i mean it's interesting what they're doing with cruiserweight division um it's gonna be interesting to see if enzo wins the belt back from kalisto uh i i really think enzo's carrying that division right now and i, I i'm hoping good things for it. I, I hope they didn't bury the 205 live product too much where they could kind of dig it out of a hole if anybody could do it wwe can do it um but you know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens uh by the way one of the most common questions i get when i post questions about uh hey ask us questions we'll talk about it and by the way we definitely thank you the most common one for you pd is would you ever consider going to the wwe and i i'd like to kind of answer this one for you because we're probably going to answer it on a million podcasts here on out, and that's fine. But from my understanding with you, and I'm going to save you some time here, you would love to, but A, they haven't called, and B, the only reason why you've gone back to Global Force was because of the work schedule, which you would not have that same work schedule with the WWE. Yeah, uh, yes, you're, you're close. So, yeah, um, the work schedule, definitely. And, you know, would I be opposed to a full-time work schedule? If the money was right, I would not be opposed to it. Um, And I know just from all my buddies and stuff that are signing with WWE, uh, you got to move down there. And that's just, you know, not something I'm looking to do right now. Um, You know, just I got got too much stuff going on in in my hometown, so... That's that's part of it. Um, another interesting things are going to get interesting really quick because um, Tommy Dreamer, House of Hardcore, he just announced that he signed a deal with Twitch, Twitch TV. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, so and he was talking about signing his. Now, now it's going to be new weekly content, and that's what he wanted, so he could have storylines and. And, and, and champions and all that kind of stuff. And um, he could sign contract to talent and or contract talent to contracts and stuff like that, which will be interesting um, uh, from my aspect. So I'll, I'll have to because uh, I'm on his shows and stuff like that. And he just texted me the other night asking me about uh, an opponent and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, what's going to happen uh, if I'm on two different TV shows? You know, I mean, it'll, I, I don't know what's going to happen. They, but what I'm saying. But let's so be honest. That'll be interesting. One of the two would not let you be on two TV shows, right? Let's, I mean, reality. Or do you think maybe they yeah. both would? Um, that's a good question. That see, that's what I'm going to go for. I'm gonna to try to be on both. Um, I don't know if uh, if it'll be possible. Um, I think that. Can I speculate? Impact... What's that? Can I speculate for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Speculate. Let me let me read the tea leaves. This is all my opinion and my guess. My guess is Tommy Dreamer wouldn't so much have a problem with it because his is kind of going to be web content. To, you know. Twitch is a web thing, almost like YouTube. I think TNA might have more of an issue with it than Tommy Dreamer would. Uh, now, you're not under contract. You, I'm going to assume you're affordable talent because if you wouldn't, you wouldn't be there. We all know about Global Force and their financial troubles. You, I'm, I'm willing to bet that you might be able to get away with it. Do you have to, because not that you're contracted, but my question to you is, do you have to let Global Force know when you go do something else? Um, I haven't <laughs> yet. Do I, am I supposed to? I'm, probably, but I, I haven't. 
Um, you know, and I, I think we've talked about my working relationship with the people at Impact Wrestling is that they know I'm never going to do anything to blindside them right. or, or be malicious or anything like that. They, they know that. Um, so I, I just don't know. This is going to be very interesting. Um, I'll have to talk to both parties and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I don't see why I, I couldn't do both. I, the only problem I could see is if, let's say, hypothetically speaking, uh, I win the X Division title at Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I just beat their number one contender on Impact on Thursday on Pop TV. And then let's say Tommy Dreamer's show on, on Twitch airs Friday the next day. And then the next day I'm there. Obviously, I'm not X Division champion on his show. But then let's say I lose to, I don't know, somebody else. Now your TNA's X Division champion just lost to somebody else. You, you know what I mean? So right. that, that creates problems right there. And I know TNA has had a problem in the past with uh, even their talent, their contracted talent, going out and performing at shows that are going to be recorded on DVD for purchase. So they had, they had a big problem with that before. I don't I don't think they still do. I think that's okay, but that, that was a thing before too. So it was almost like if you want to see, you know, let's say I'm under contract, if you want to see Petey Williams, you could only see him on Impact Wrestling. You won't be able to see him anywhere else, only Impact content and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, yeah. I, and I'm not too sure. I mean, I will let you know when I know. That, well, thank you for sharing that, by the way, because that's a very interesting look into a, a wrestler's problems a, of your statue. And, you know, can I can I brag on you for a second? Absolutely. Brag away. One thing, when you and I first started the podcast, and then in the wrestling kind of creeped back in for you, is you were worried that you would not be at the height of of what you used to be, or people wouldn't remember you. I remember having this conversation with you, and now here we are, would you say four, six months later? No, it's like, uh, when did I start? August 11th? The- Two months later. <laughs> two, two months later. Well, I mean, two months from from when I started wrestling again. Yeah. Uh, two months. Two months later, and you're back on TV on a regular basis. People remember you. You, you have the Tommy Dreamer thing coming up, and you you are getting some of the biggest pops. Like, I sat out there for your match at XICW, and you had a bigger pop than anybody else in that match. And Buff Bagwell came out for God's sakes. And that made me really proud to call you a friend slash podcast partner. Well, thank you. And I mean, I, I, I mean, and that's why I do it. I mean, I just enjoy it so much. And I mean, these are all problems that you kind of want to have. You know what I mean? I mean, I present this to you as a problem. Like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, uh, two TV shows to be on. It's almost like, do, do I choose one over the other? Either way, I'm going to hurt somebody. These are good problems to have because that means you're wanted. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's a bad problem to have. I wish it wasn't there because if it did come down to choosing, I mean, oh, God. You can't make me choose, man. Like, that's just unfair to a wrestler and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Either way, I feel like... If you did both, maybe the indies take the back seat then because I don't know. Would you still have time to be a husband, be a real world worker, be a global force wrestling star in House of Hardcore? Um, yeah, I mean, something's got to give, right? In a podcast, right? And, and it's I, not the I, podcast. I definitely don't want it to be my, you know, family and kids. I mean, that comes first. And foremost, well, second behind um, the podcast. Okay, podcast first. Yes, I'll then, take that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm sprinkling in the indie dates, and it's great. TNA schedule is so great right now. 
um, just because, I mean, I still haven't been back there, and I'm not going back for a month. I mean, that's that's good to me um, because then I can do other stuff like my indies and sprinkling that and all that kind of stuff, and I do all that in my spare time. Um, it does take away from my family time, which absolutely sucks. That's why I like taking like that Cobo Hall show. Mm-hmm. That was great because I could still spend all day with my family. Then we could go out, head to the show. I could come home that night and then spend all the next day, not have to worry about getting on an airplane and missing half a day with my kids and all that stuff. So I love doing local shows. Um, but yeah, God, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's a good it's a good problem to have to be wanted and be overbooked definitely a good problem to have and i'll tell you something that struck me nice you you had told me and and this is part of a wrestling perspective something you don't think about that you know back in the day wrestling for you were was not as fun because you didn't have anybody to share it with i mean you had your friends in the back but now you have someone that'll drive with you talk to you you know sometimes we talk about wrestling sometimes we don't we get to the show we hang out and we just goof around and have a good time. And then you wrestle, you come back, we wait for you to get paid. And sometimes <laughs> we get in the car and, and we drive back, but you have someone to hang out with. And it, it, it and you kind of had said, I'm having more fun this time around because there's somebody to share the experience with. So thank you for letting me in on this experience. Cause as a lifelong wrestling fan, I've never been to an indie show. I, I always you, you hear from my perspective, you hear all the negative about them. And now I'm going to these shows and some shows are better than others, but I'm having fun being there. And it, you know, it makes me want to do it. Not that I'm gonna get in a ring and wrestle, but it makes you know, I sit there and go, boy, I might actually think about going to a wrestling school to learn how to be a manager or something. I manage an indie guy, you know, once a month just for fun. Yeah, man, and, and, and that's why a lot of people get into wrestling, exactly what you said. Like, at, at least you're being more realistic about it than some of the people that I've helped train in <laughs> wrestling. Like, you know that you're not going to be a professional athlete. No. And, 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 you know, at this time, and fine. You know, you understand, you're like, I can manage. You know, I have a mind for wrestling. Uh, if I learn how to do A, B, and C, and X, Y, and Z, I could put some things together, and I could go and be a part of the show. And that's what a lot of us wrestlers, before we become professional wrestlers, that's all we want to be. We want to be part of the show. I remember when I first got in the wrestling ring, my goal was to have one live wrestling match. I told Scott Demore, that's my goal. If I if I make that goal, I've su- like succeeded. And now look where I'm at now. So, I mean, you know, goals always change and everything. But that's good that, that that's what you wanted. And, and I mean, maybe we can make it happen. And what's is mm. um, when we were sitting there and talking and stuff like that, and I said, I'm having a lot better this time around than my first run is because, you know, a lot of things would kind of piss me off before. Like if things didn't go a certain way or whatever, just because I took the business so seriously and I – I, I don't know what it was like if things didn't make sense, it would upset me because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Why can't people see it and stuff like that? And now I'm just like, whatever. If something doesn't make sense, big deal, man, I'm having a good time. I'm here with my buddy Dennis and I like you not being in the wrestling business per se. You can look at things and you could pick things out and I could be like, yes, thank you. You see that too. Okay, great. Why doesn't everybody <laughs> else see that? It's good. If, somebody and i wouldn't call you a, a, a layman because you know more than the normal person when it comes to wrestling but you, you're close as, as it gets to a layman at least backstage because you can look at something and say hey what what that doesn't make sense or that you know why'd they do that or whatever thank you if you can see it then that's what exactly everybody in the audience is thinking too yeah i, I know exactly what you mean because i don't pretend to know everything and, you know, if we start talking about things, I'm okay with sounding stupid or giving you a stupid idea. And, you, you know, if I say something stupid, you can look at me and go, Damn, no, Dennis, just sit there in the corner and be quiet. You know, because yeah, I won't... Yeah, like when you said, uh, yeah. uh, I'm your ring rat. And I'm like, no, 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 don't don't say that. No, no, no. I'm like, that's not the stooge is the proper word. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when you, it's, yeah. it's cute. To me, it's cute when yeah. you use that. <laughs> I'm going to do it more often. You patted me but on the head. But you're learning, man. Yeah. 
you're learning. But I, I, and we're gonna wrap this up. I know that we're both yeah. busy, but I'm having a blast because to me, it's like when I first started radio. You know, never in a million years would I ever think. When I started doing a fantasy football podcast, I never thought I'd work at ESPN. I worked at ESPN. Never then I thought I'd have a radio show. I have a radio show. Then I go to it. I have a TV show. I had a TV show in New York. So it's it's not like, you know, it, it I went to school for this. So then now I'm I'm doing it with wrestling. We start a podcast. Never in a million years would I really think that you would come back and wrestle and I'd get to watch you. Well, here I am. Now I'm going to local shows with you. And now I'm hanging out in the back with you and not embarrassing you, by the way. That's the biggest key. Oh, I wouldn't bring you backstage if I thought you were embarrassing me. Well, I mean, uh, definitely not. I mean, dude, I would take you to TNA, man. Like, I don't, I really wish you could come to the show this Saturday in Windsor. Yeah, I with, do too. Uh, like, Ray Mysterio and Tito Santana, like Scott Demore. He, his Border City Wrestling puts on, I feel like, one of the best independent wrestling shows. It looks so professional. You would think that you were at a TV taping or at least like a, a WWE house show. Like it's so professional. And, but that's Scott because he's been in the business for so long has worked, you know, uh, as an agent and stuff knows how things should be produced and ran and stuff like that. He has the one up on regular indie promoters. Why does he still run an independent show? I don't know. Probably because he loves it, but I really wish uh, you could see that show. Actually, part of me is glad that you won't be there because then nothing will ever compare to that show. Ah, you know what I mean? Right. It, it can can and as we wrap this up, I've said this three times, and I I had I did have one geek out moment at XICW, and you and I are sitting in the back hanging out, and I look up, and there's James Ellsworth and Sheldon Benjamin standing there. Now, oh, yeah, because they picked up uh, the, the, the two ladies, May Young Classic wrestlers. Right. Yes. Uh, now, not pick up as in date, but they, they escorted them somewhere because there was a WWE. Yeah, they're... I don't want you, I don't want to make it sound like they were hitting on them. But, you know, Hell in a Cell was, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know any of their relationship statuses, and that's the last thing we want to do. But I, yeah. I, I look up, and I'm like, oh. It's James Ellsworth, and I don't know why he did that. I, I enjoy what James Ellsworth has done. He's gone from one-off jobber to a main character on SmackDown, which, you know what, it gives anybody hope. So I respect James Ellsworth in that manner. So it just was caught me off shot, uh, uh, caught me by surprise when I saw them just walk right in. Yeah, as if it was no big deal. Yeah, Um but I've learned that I, any indie show I go to, somebody might pop in just because they're in town or they live in the area or whatever. I mean, when I used to work for PWG in California, um, like other guys were notorious for just popping in. And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing here? Like, you know, you work for WWE. Like, it, it just happens all the time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one big knit close circle the wwe uh community or not wwe the, the wrestling community it's like we all kind of know each other and stuff we've all kind of um without meeting each other know each other like for example the first time i met paul london uh it was at an indie show and i went up and i introduced myself because that's the professional thing to do and he looks at me and he goes Petey, he's like you don't have to introduce yourself and then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this guy's this guy's cool. Some people you have to introduce yourself to because you don't know if they watch or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was cool that they stopped by. All right, let's wrap this up. There are things that we're going to talk about in the next podcast. Uh, the handshake, that's for next podcast. And we'll tease it with that. <laughs> the handshake. The, the handshake that it okay. took me all night to figure it out. But uh, okay. let's promote, PD. Where can people find you? Um, uh, on Twitter, IPD Williams and, uh, you know, I, where else can I find me on impact wrestling every Thursday, pop TV, um, probably coming up on Twitch TV house of hardcore. I'm not sure, but, uh, probably there too. Interesting. You, you heard that conversation. Uh, you can find me at Dennis seven, seven Farrell. You can find the podcast on wrestling Inc or go people 
We have a new website. It's called Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I know it's a lot to type in, but type it in. You can go there, become you know, click the social media link or whatever it is on the website, and uh, like our Facebook page. You can follow both of us on Twitter from that website. You can find the podcast there. We have the Sharpshooter blog, which we're waiting for a new one till it's the end of the week, gloating about seven and zero or something. Um, so we have a full, <laughs> one more time, but, uh, we, we have that there, but, uh, go to the website, give it a hit, like the podcast, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, once again, thanks wrestling, Inc. thanks wrestling perspective fans. We look to hear from you, follow us and uh, be part of the show. As you hear, we ask your questions, Petey, I'll see you next week, my friend. All right, buddy. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.